0: I am going to be very conscious of time tonight. Is it just me? I feel i I hear something coming out of those monitors. It's not my voice. There it went. Went away. It's a good thing you don't have your pillow with you tonight. I think you understand exactly what I'm saying. Uh, when it gets cold outside... Please do me a favor and don't yawn. If you yawn, I will be done. Uh, not because I don't have more notes, but because I will probably yawn too. It just kind of happens that way. It's great to see everybody in the house of the Lord. One more time, let's clap our hands and give God great praise. Glory! Glory! I'd like to direct your attention here tonight for a few moments, 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. Some important things that I have been feeling for some time, and now is the time to talk about it. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, we're going to start reading in verse number 5, and we're going to read all the way to verse 11. The Bible said, but if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. Notice, notice this next verse. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many. So that, contrarywise, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things. Now, you might be standing here tonight thinking, I don't know what this is talking about. I'm glad you asked that. Or I'm glad you thought that. Because this is critically important. Verse number 10, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And I simply want to entitle this, I'm not going to be real long tonight, (coughs) excuse me, but I want to talk to us on this subject, welcome home. Welcome home. Let's put our Bibles down and one more time, let's pray together that we could all be in tune and in touch and on the same spiritual wavelength. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. Father, I thank you for the people of God that are here tonight. those that could not be here, I pray that you strengthen them, I pray that you heal them, heal them. Tonight I pray that you'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out wisdom and understanding. And I ask it in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ and everybody said Amen before you're seated, shake somebody's hand and say, I'm glad you're here tonight. And then you may be seated. <clears throat> we um, There is no other scripture like this story that is being addressed here in second Corinthians chapter number two um, there are a lot of, there is a lot of ground covered in the New Testament that goes without saying. however, what we are going to talk about tonight. <clears throat> Is not covered anywhere else, like it is right here. The apostle is writing the second letter. There's some expositors that believe there was actually a third letter to Corinth. Whether that's true or not, I do not know. It's never been found. There's all kinds of spurious Theological opinions about the New Testament. You need to be careful in lending yourself to those. But the Apostle Paul is the spiritual father of this church. In fact, it was to this congregation that he said, ye have not many fathers. There is, we all have a natural father. It's how we got here. One of the components And then we have a heavenly father, but we also have a spiritual father. We have somebody somewhere played a very critical role in bringing us and fulfilled that role. And the Apostle Paul fills that role to the church at Corinth, really more than just that congregation, but this congregation specifically, um, he talks about that. In this incredibly nuanced passage of Scripture that I I read in your hearing, the Apostle Paul is communicating very directly his his feelings and his thoughts about restoring an individual back into the church. Um, Interestingly, this same individual that is referred to here in 2 Corinthians is the exact same individual that is addressed in 1 Corinthians chapter number five. And if you'd like, you can turn there because we're gonna read several scriptures there. 1 Corinthians chapter number five, okay? Starting in verse number one. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. It was, it was an incestuous relationship. And the church at Corinth was not responding to this very seriously. Look at verse 2. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you now um, as this unfolds, I just want to I just want to preface this with several remarks that in our day and age, we almost I mean, in denominational terms, we almost think you know to have a lot of patience um with people that are not right. And I would agree with that until it comes to immorality. Whether you agree with that or not, that's the word of God. And here the apostle is subtly rebuking the church for not taking that particular sin very seriously. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you, for verily as absent in the body but present in spirit. I have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has done this deed. Look at verse number four. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such as one unto Satan... Um, I'm not accusing this congregation or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying this because this is, this is, this is just right. This is just truth. Um, that somebody that is continuing in a incestuous relationship is, according to the Apostle Paul, turned over to Satan. You might be sitting here saying, "That's, that's harsh." I'm standing here saying that's the word of God and I am always going to ultimately ultimately I am always going to take God's side now that is critical for you to understand because of the end result everybody said the end result there's a i've been I've been doing this long enough and there's A lot of great people of God here tonight, you've seen a lot of things, you've heard a lot of things, Um, but I want to tell you that God's way is always right. The touchy-feely, hand-wringing reasoning, left-brain reasoning of a lot of good religious people actually gets in the way of what God wants to do. So the Apostle Paul is writing to this church. <clears throat> this is a first-generation Gentile church. It was largely Gentile. Uh, there was an element of, of um, there were Jews that were in that church. When you go to Acts, or Acts chapter number 18, you will see that Paul had a very small revival among some of the local Jews. They were actually Jews that were kicked out of Rome by the present Caesar and they all made um, they all made an exodus to Corinth, and there was a revival among some of those Jews, but the large amount of that congregation was like you and i they were ex they were ex Gentiles they were all a new creature in Christ, but they were ex Gentiles, and so they didn't have a lot of biblical understanding they didn't have a lot of understanding in the old testament they didn't have A lot of comprehension. And so it's a first generation apostolic church. And the Apostle Paul is writing to them, pardon me, he is writing to them and he's just saying, This is just the way it's going to be. And I'm judging this as if I was standing there. And he says, I want you to put that person out and you are to turn them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So ultimately, the Apostle Paul is saying, turn him over to Satan so that ultimately he will be saved. Does everybody see that? See, when we do it our way, we can really mess that up. And sometimes it gets a little tight. Sometimes people have their left brain, intellectual reason, intelligent, educated people get in the way, and they don't really comprehend God's ways. You're listening. That's good. Let's continue to read here. Your glorying is not good, know ye not that a little leaven Leaveneth the whole lump. Now that phrase in verse number six is incredibly important, and essentially what that is saying is, is that a little bit of sin in the body affects the entire body. A little leaven, okay. Well, if you know anything about the Old Testament, there the Jews were specifically to make unleavened bread. They because of the purpose and the typology of what leaven represented, and because when you added leaven, it was like yeast; it would cause bread to rise. And here, the Apostle Paul is using that illustration that a little bit of leaven, or a little bit of sin, it affects the entire body. We need to we need to have one of those red red circles with a line through the middle of it, where it says sin. Because that's exactly how God feels about it. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. So they put this guy out. The Apostle Paul continues here in 1 Corinthians 5 that they are to um, engender or to implement as a body, as a church, a form of excommunication. Uh, Because the Apostle Paul continues here. If you have your Bible open, I hope you do, or you're just looking at the words here, let's go down to verse number 9. It says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, Well, pastor, I just want to have coffee with him. That's not what the Bible says. I don't want want one person to make one. I just want you to listen to me, okay? Whether you agree with this, don't agree with this, I just want you to listen. This is the word of God. The apostle Paul is telling a first-generation apostolic church. This was a family member to some people. Now I'm not telling families to excommunicate family members, but this is to the whole body of Christ where it says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world. This is talking about fornicators that are outside these four walls, or with covetous or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must she needs go out of the world. We are the ones that are influencing them on the job. You're probably rubbing shoulders with drug addicts and drunks and fornicators and adulterers and people bound to internet pornography every single day on the job. This is an opportunity for us to witness to them. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying, because we are the hope of the world. Okay, but look at verse number 11. But now I have written unto you not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer. A railer is somebody that speaks evil of the church or the pastor or saints or the Bible or our doctrine or a drunker or an extortioner with such and one know not to eat. Now why is that? Why is the apostle saying, put that fornicator out, and now nobody have any contact with him? Are they trying to be mean? Are they trying to be unkind? Um, maybe he's got something against this person and he's just, he's taking it out on him. Maybe uh, there's, there's a feud between families and the way to take it out on one person is, is to do this. None of those. They are trying to bring that person to repentance. And God does not need your help. He's gonna use Satan. The church needs to just stay in here and pray and let God do what only God can do. Now you can clap your hands and let's give God the praise that God knows what he's doing more than a church, more than a pastor, more than anybody else. Now there's some people that have a problem with God's ways and that might be one of the reasons why we haven't seen the results that God wants to bring. God is not out to destroy the fornicator. God is trying to bring the fornicator back home. But if they can double dip and think, I just got fellowship whenever I want it, and I can hear what's going on in the church. No, 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 no. You want to see me? You meet me right back here in the altar. You want fellowship with me? You got to meet me right back here in the house of God. When you left God and you left the church, you left me. I'm exclusive. Send the word of God, folks. But there's people that wring their hands and are touchy and feely and, and you know, they think too much and they don't believe enough. Because I'm here to tell you that we are going to have a revival of backsliders, but we're going to have to do it God's way, not our way. Well, Pastor, I just don't know if I believe all that. Well, do it because it's in the Bible, whether you believe me or not whether I'm your pastor or not. I'm asking you to do it because it's in the Bible if you go to this church. When the apostle said, turn him over to Satan, that is God's agent to bring that person to misery. Okay, so that's in 1 Corinthians chapter number five. That is apostolic, and that is what we believe and teach here in this church. Now, if a backslider reaches out to me, that does not mean I'm going to ignore them. That only means I'm not going out to dinner with them. Ladies and gentlemen, God has the answer, not you and I. Turn him over to Satan and have no company with him. Watch what happens. Now let's go to our text in 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. Here, this individual has now repented and now wants to come back to church. Look at verse number six. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was afflicted of many. That's when the entire church formed a wall. We will pray for that person. We will, if need be, we will fast for them. We will, we will put them on a prayer list. We will do whatever we can do on our side of it, but we have to do this God's way. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment. He's referring to the fact that the punishment that he recommended in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5 was actually done, and now the individual is coming back. And, and the apostle is saying, sufficient to such a man as this a punishment, which was inflicted by many, the entire church. So that, contrarywise, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him. You're kidding me, Pastor. I thought the Bible said to put the guy out. Well, now he wants to come home. I fully intend, as the pastor... My faithful assistant, Brother Chris, is going to know where I have a little plastic basin and I am waiting, I'm waiting for it to happen. But when the backsliders come home, he's gonna go get that basin and fill it up with warm water and get me a towel And in front of this entire congregation, I'm going to wash their feet. Well, Pastor, you don't know what they've done. Who cares? God knows. Pastor, you don't know what they've given themselves to. God knows. Jesus Christ paid for their sin, not the pastor. In fact, Jesus Christ paid for my sin. In fact, Jesus Christ paid for your sin. We ought not have our nose in the air when a backslider comes in and needs to be embraced and loved. Oh, my God, I'm going to preach tonight. I rebuke that spirit by the authority. You're in the wrong church. You know, there's an interesting scripture. Sister Lori, I apologize for pulling this out on you. Hebrews chapter number 13. Listen to this one, Brother Anderson. You're going to like this one. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. What does that mean? How you doing brother? Love you. There's angels that walk in just to check the love factor. Well pastor, we don't we don't ever move. We don't ever hug. We don't do any of that. That's you know that's not our thing. You would have God delivered you. You would if God pulled you out of that and gave you a whirly bird spirit all over this building and showed you that the devil's under your heel. You would if God showed you the next six months that your business is going to explode. Oh, come on, somebody clap your hand. Oh, you would, you, you would move if God was moving. There's angels among us. For one reason, Brother Seymour, they're doing an audit. And they're watching everybody's attitude. And they're thinking, are they ready for that backslider? No, no, they're not ready because there's some that'll spend all night talking about where they were and who they done it with instead of taking a lap in the honor that that which is lost is now found. I rebuke that spirit by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We're not going to gossip. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to let our imagination wander when God brings that backslider home. We're going to rejoice with the parents like that we want them to rejoice with us. Oh, I'm going to preach tonight. There's a spirit that's got to be broken in half so that we can have revival. Clap your hands and give God real praise. I know what I'm talking about. You know, if we're not careful, we'll give in to a spirit that says, well, you know, I'll embrace them and love them depending on what sin they were involved with. Ladies and gentlemen, if they come home, they will be loved like a brother and they will be loved like a sinner. <laughs> Trust me, God's taken real good notes of how you're praying with other people and how you're rejoicing with other people because when your darling darkens the threshold of that door, you're going to say, "Hey everybody. Hey everybody. Hey everybody." So I'm going to pray with every parent. I'm going to rejoice with every parent. I'm going to run the aisles with every backslider. I'm going to lift the name of every backslider so we can have a revival. Come on, clap your hands. Give God the praise. It's time for real revival. But an old, nasty Pentecostal spirit has got to go away. Well, you know, i can i can I can embrace somebody that you know was fornicating, but what about somebody that was struggling with homosexuality? I want you to get rid of your bias or I want it to leave. either the bias has got to go or the person 's got to go because we got to have revival and 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 we can 't afford to have. Parents pulling and weeping their eyes out and having some old nasty spirit in the back saying they don't even deserve to be here. No, you don't deserve to be here. None of us deserve to be in here but by the blood of the almighty God. Clap your hands and give him real praise. Well, wow, Pastor, you know, there's different kinds of there's there's A kind of sinners and then there's B kind of sinners. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you remind me You remind me of that scripture in the Bible that said there's a Pharisee over on this side and there's just some low-class publican way over on the other side of the church and the publican won't even lift his head and say, God, you know how much mercy it took for me to be here and to stand here and to be in this spot. I don't even deserve to be here. And the Pharisee's going, well, I'm glad that ain't my sin. I'm glad I ain't like that guy. I'm glad we don't have that kind of problem in our family, why don't we pull together as a body and recognize it was the name of Jesus that called us out of darkness and it was the blood of the Lamb and it was the power of the Holy Ghost. No, I want you to stand your feet with me and let's clap our hands and give God some praise. We've got to have these backsliders knowing they are welcome when they come home. We ain't going to be talking about you. We're not going to be murmuring about you. We're going to be loving on you and thanking God for you. Come on, clap your hands. Give him a shout of praise. Come on, somebody, lift your voice. I believe the angels of God are saying, well, maybe they're ready. Maybe they're ready for them to come home. Maybe they're ready to spend time with them. There's people all over this congregation that need children to pray through. I wonder what would happen if you invested yourself in somebody else's backslidden situation and say, God, I'm doing this as a seed. I'm doing this as a seed that you'll bring my baby home. Let's lift our hands and pray. Oh, let's give him praise. God, I pray that every parent's prayer is answered. Shackles come off and prison houses are open. And I pray that you humble every stern, proud spirit until they learn to eat grass like an ox and lift their eyes and realize the same God that saved me is the same God that'll save them. You may be seated. Welcome home. The apostle Paul is saying, All right, Corinthians, I'm gonna find out where you're at right now. I'm gonna find out if you if you really are obeying me. Look at look at the gentleman that Paul was. Didn't name him, didn't talk about his sin that's now under the blood. Didn't make reference to who the sin was committed against. He used the generic term of a brother, and he used the generic term of that man. And he says, If you forgive, I've already forgiven. I didn't forgive because of the church in Corinth, I forgave because of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't even have to be there. I've already forgiven this guy. If he's knocking on the door of the church and say, you know what? The devil's been hounding me. The devil's made me think I'm going crazy. I see now that I have sinned. I don't want to be outside of the body. I want to be with my brothers. I want to be with my sisters. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to laugh again. I want to shout again. I want to dance again. I want to go to heaven again. Welcome home. No respect for persons. Well, don't hug them. They might have cooties. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and hug them and believe that God's got me covered. I'll risk it to make them feel at home. You don't have to give them a holy kiss. We did away with that a couple centuries ago. You can't give them a holy hug. Stand up, Brother Ryan. This is what a holy hug looks like. No, this is what a holy hug looks like when you don't really want to hug anybody. Hey, great Lord, glad you're here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, somebody. This is what a hug looks like when you're really glad they're home. Oh, oh thank you, Jesus! Yeah. Yeah. And you might even start, yeah. Woo! Why we take a lap? On, do do Go ahead, Brother Ryan. Come on, somebody. It's time to fire up a party around here so the angels can send them home. This is better than a honky-tonk. There's more friends here than there is on a bar stool. Hallelujah. If we don't take him in, two dangers. Number one, he might be overcome with overmuch sorrow. He's already broken. He's already repented. And for us now to say, Thank God, God, don't show me what's going on in your life. We're worried about what everybody else is doing. You better be glad God ain't revealing what you're doing. Put that on people. What does this overcome with much sorrow? It means shame, distress. The church should be the easy part. Pastors shouldn't have to get up here and talk to people about adjusting their attitudes so they can love everybody. Did you hear about so-and-so? No, what? I heard he's st- struggling with being a little different. Well, why don't we have a prayer meeting for him? Because I ain't done gossiping yet. Well, I don't want nothing to do with that spirit. Because all your prayers are hitting the ceiling. The minute it becomes genuine, maybe our prayers for our children start getting an answer. I mean, there's some backsliders that have been real characters to me. I've got this little pad here. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Because the minute I start that business, God pulls out his pad, and I have you ever seen a little cottontail rabbit? Just kind of. That's like the pastor looking for a hole to get in. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. A hole of repentance. God start pulling that pad out brother Daniel? I don't want I don't want to see what God's got on that pad for me. And you know how I keep that pad that, that pad from staying coming out and it stays in God's pocket? I just keep on loving. I just keep on praying. I just keep on hugging. I just keep on saying, bring them on home. Don't send them over there. Send them here. My God. If you're gonna send them anywhere, send them here. Number two. We don't want people to have to wallow in depression and despondency. No, get back to church. Because there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the pub don't stop. I'm just waiting for some of your children to come back. The party that we are going to have, Brother Seymour is going to go flying through the air like a Goodyear balloon. And I'm gonna be right behind him, and and we're gonna be taking laps. And people that never move are gonna say, you know what? God's moving. I feel something from an, from a, it's it's an old anointing. It's a it's an old anointing that God pulling people off of bar stools and pulling them out of illicit relationships and pulling them out. la <laughs> la Nothing will turn the crank of revival like a backslider coming home. And here's the last reason. I'm almost done. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. What does that mean? In this context, what does that mean? The same Satan that brought him to a place of repentance will do everything in his book to tell him this place don't want you and 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 years ago i was i was on the field as an evangelist and late one afternoon i was preaching in another state somebody very close to me called me and said i really want to go back to church i need to get right with god he said but i'm afraid it makes me almost weep to have to say to you what I'm about to say to you. He wasn't afraid of falling in the altar. He wasn't afraid of being a spectacle with tears streaming down his face. He was afraid of what the people were going to say. God, let it not be said of Cornerstone. God, let it not be said. Let's pray right now. God, I've got to have. I want my heart right. I want my my mind right. I want my prayers right. I want my spirit right. If somebody's struggling, God, I, 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 I want. I want my first reaction to be compassion, not criticism. Because God's watching. I said, well, why don't you just go back to church? He said, man. He said, this is what he told me. He said, I see particular faces of people in that congregation, and I'm afraid what they're going to say about me. I told him, I said, that is from the devil. You go back to that church tonight, and you don't look to the right, and you don't look to the left. You go straight to that altar. And I talked I talk to this individual later. He said there was a huge throng. He said the church loved him. They wrapped their arms around him. He became the outreach director of one of the largest churches in California. Don't tell me the same devil that tempts people is the same devil that becomes now the accuser. And the same devil that is used to bring people to repentance is the same devil that will say, no, you can't go back to that church. No, they don't want you. They'll talk about you. They'll gossip about you. They'll talk about your sins from the pulpit. You can't go. It's full of shame. It's full of embarrassment. I rebuke that lying devil in the name of Jesus. Wherever he's at work, I rebuke him in Jesus' name. You send him here, we'll take him. Won't we? Let's clap our hands and give God the praise. We got to have revival. We got to have some backsliders. Only God can bring them out. Only God can bring them home. Only God can allow the devil to bring him to repentance. Come on everybody, clap your hands and give God the praise. <laughs> For we are not ignorant of his devices. Man, when the prodigal came home, the father ran out to meet him because direction is more important than perfection. And when he got the right direction, the father met him halfway, snapped his fingers and said, bring the best robe. That's the robe of righteousness. Put a ring on his finger. Actually, that was called a signet. It was... It had the family name on it for sealing letters. They put a little spot of wax and stamp it with the family name. It was authority. Give him his authority back. Put shoes on his feet. Slay the fatted calf. Get the joy juice ready. Strike up the band, we're gonna have a party. The only one that had a problem, not the servants, not the slaves, Not the guys that were grooming the fatted calf. Not the guys that had to run into the father's closet and grab the best robe. But there's an older brother out there. He got a problem with it. He got a problem with that old backslider coming home and making a big to-do about it. Are you getting this tonight? Are you getting this tonight? Cornerstone is a godly, loving, friendly, worshiping, truth-loving church. But we got to be willing to embrace every single backslider like they were our own child. In Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands and just pray for a minute. I'm done. I'm going to take my ideas off. All of this, I'm going to go back to the Word of God and say, God, let the devil just. I know it's my kid and I know it's hard to say this, but God, let the devil do what only the devil can do. So that we might save him. We might save her. We might save them. One backslider. Coming home can kick start a revival that can change and impact a whole city. I'm just telling you, welcome home. Welcome home. Let's stand. Why don't we lift our hands and why don't we call out the name of a backslider here tonight? Somebody. Somebody's child. Come on, I can't hear you. Pastor, I... Some of you have brothers and sisters that are out there. If we don't pass this test, we ain't going any further. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's call out the name of a backslider. Somebody. Pastor, I didn't really know him all that well. That's okay. Pray for him. Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus, every single backslider that's left this church, every child, from parents that are represented here, siblings of, 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 of other siblings that are in this house, God, I pray that the God of this world can do a number on them and bring them back to a place of recognition and understanding and comprehension of how bad we need God and how bad I need the church. Why? Why do they need the church? This is the only group of people, this is the only group of people that hell will not prevail in this earth. Hell is going to prevail among the transgender people and gays, lesbians, heterosexual, whatever you call yourself, this entire world, sports people, money people, alternative thinking people, philosophical people, ideological people, whatever it is. I'm trying to cover everybody. The devil is going to run amok over every single strain of humanity except for right here. This is the only group of people, according to Matthew chapter number 16, that the gates of hell will not prevail against us because God said, I'm leaving the lights on. I'm leaving the door unlocked. I'm leaving the heat on. I want people to know they can come home. There's a city, a refuge. There's a city on a hill. The light is bright. Come on, let's clap our hands and give him real praise. This is for everybody. All right. I'm going to go get my pillow. I recommend you do the same. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. And we will see you on Saturday in Jesus' name. God bless you all. You're dismissed.